APUS. American Public University System is proud to present the following podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Callie Morrison. I'm the Associate Dean of Alternative Learning at American Public University System. And I'm here today with Dr. Vernon Smith. I'm Provost of the American Public University System. And today we're just going to talk a little bit about APUS and our partner, WCET. WCET is the leader in the policy, practice, and advocacy of technology-enhanced teaching and learning in higher education. And APUS has a longstanding history with WCET, both serving on leadership roles and working on collaborative projects with WCET and other members of the cooperative. The relationship of WCET and APUS is actually what led me to my career change here, coming to APUS a couple of years ago. I worked at WCET when we ran two grant-funded projects, one called Transparency by Design, where we were taking program-level learning outcomes and other data relevant to a student's degree program, publishing it on the web with hopes of allowing adult learners to make college choices based on data. And that was one of the first innovative projects I worked on with APUS. And then I also got the opportunity to work on the Predictive Analytics Reporting Framework, otherwise known as the PAR Framework, which was an experimental innovative program to see if we could federate student data across institutions and find patterns in that data to help improve student success. And Vernon, you were on both of those projects with me. I was on both of those. So transparency by design was really important because it was actually looking at program level outcomes for working adults. And it was really an innovative approach. I was at Rio Salado College at the time, and it's my first exposure to American Public University system, and also to be working with you, Callie, (laughs) being there at WCET. And that was a really, I think, it was actually somewhat premature in its rollout. We talk about those need, the need to have student intent and student learning outcomes at the program level. I think there was really good work, and, and I always recommend that to look in the, for folks that are looking at what should we be doing, what should we be measuring in terms mm-hmm. of learning. Transparency by Design is still a great place to look and look at the really fine work that was done there. The second part was the PAR framework, which was uh, Ellen Wagner, who was part of that, actually called me the father of PAR sometimes, and it was worth the work that was done there. Mm -hmm. Aggregating, actually seeing if we could aggregate data across multiple institutions and federated public, private, for-profit, not-for-profit, community colleges, uh, large state systems, and be able to pull that together. And the work that was done there really I think, set the bar, par set the bar, I will say that, (laughs) pun intended and rhyme intended, to look and see how we can really pull that data and understand our students at a a much more sophisticated level. And so being part of that process and being associated with WCET really opened my eyes to the policy and practice role that WCET can have as as bringing as a convener, mm-hmm. and also as bringing innovative minds and thought leaders together. Well, and helping people see that when you really boil it down, we're not all so different, right? From institution to institution to institution, at our core, we all have student success at that core of our practice. 
Absolutely. The issues that I deal with are very similar to the issues that a provost is going to deal with at any institution. It's about creating student success with the student in mind, not necessarily the institution. And so we all have this common goal to increase student success, to increase persistence, retention, progression towards completion as well. Exactly. And those were things that we were looking at when we federated the data. I don't know if you'll remember, but the first data run of PAR it was 640,000 student records that we federated to run massive analysis on to see where student pain points were. So it really was, as you said, groundbreaking work for that entire industry that's risen up from it now. Absolutely. And being able to find that there were 34 data definitions Mm -hmm. that were common among all institutions and all institutions types, that right there is universal. And it told us a lot about students. Yep. And it's still published publicly under a Creative Commons license, the PAR Frameworks data definitions are, if you would like to access those. So it plays into, both of these projects play into the innovation incubator that WCET has been, a little group called iNACL, which is the K-12 online education organization, grew out of WCET. WGU was incubated. Absolutely at WCET with the support of the 19 Western governors. So APUS's relationship with WCET is so important because it allows us to keep a pulse on what's happening out there. Completely. And one of the things I would say about WCET is that when you go to the convenings that are held, the conferences, you're actually with practitioners. You're with folks that are not entering the space, but have been in the space for a long time Mm -hmm. and then have dealt with real problems and have overcome real challenges in in that sense. I'm thinking of I, Nicole, that now has been adopted by all the California community colleges for their online efforts. And that's the standard that's there. I mean, there's just multiple things that roll out of it. WGU, of course, was innovative in its in its nature and structure, but being have, able to have a place to actually incubate that idea and create thought leadership, I think that's one of the roles that WCET continues doing. Mm-hmm. Another example of that I think is very important is that of the state authorization network. Yes. State authorization across organizations, just like your driver's license, it's reciprocal recognition in different states. Well, for institutions that were delivering online or distance learning across state lines, there was a way and a mechanism that started in WCET to create a mechanism. Then working with the state higher education executive officers with WCET, we're able to create legislative solutions across all 50 states, except California except still. California. <laughs> <laughs> Massachusetts finally came on board to be able to have that reci- reciprocal agreement for students, which benefited students, it benefited institutions, and it actually raised and held a level of quality. So that's another very important aspect that WCET was able to incubate for students and for institutions. And institutions of all types, right? I think APUS was ahead of the game on that, right? We were. Because as an online institution, we already had that in our in our line view. Uh, we wanted to do what was best for our students, but many institutions where there, it's a smaller group and it's a smaller online operation, WCT was the lifeblood in providing them the information they needed to operate within state and federal regulation. And that's where I think that our relationship with WCET has been the most beneficial, right? We both serve in leadership roles at WCET. 
Right. I was elected by my peers to represent proprietary institutions on the steering committee, which advises programmatic planning. So what should we be talking about at our next conferences? What webinars should we be putting on and blog posts should we be looking for? How do we keep our members involved and engaged in the organization, in the cooperative? And so that's kind of the role that I'm playing there. And you serve in another leadership role. Right. So I was on steering the steering committee moved into the executive committee, mm-hmm. which is an advisory role, and that's mm-hmm. appointed. And in that, I also was elected as the vice chair for this incoming year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also helps to set the direction and the strategy of the organization and make sure that we're thinking about the things and the trends that are in higher education that are affecting the membership and that we can actually go out and address the needs of these institutions in a very proactive way. And, and I think you, you hit there on uh, something a little earlier I'm going to swing us back to, where you talked about how when you go to a WCET convening, whether it's the annual meeting in that happens in the fall or the leadership summit in the spring or one of the webcasts that they have all year long, you're talking to actual practitioners, people who are where the rubber meets the road. So you do have your great thought leaders and you have other visionary types in this organization But what you really have, the meat of WCET, where the true membership lies, is in those people who are practitioners. And we have opportunities to connect around what we're actually doing. So one example I would use out of the work that I do here at APUS is that we run um, an adaptive learning platform for our competency-based programs and for other programs, other courses in our programs. And... I've been able to develop relationships through my relationship with WCET with other practitioners who are also doing adaptive learning. And so we presented on that at conferences at the conference together, but we also have the opportunity then to keep that pulse on what's going on and say, hey, I have an idea about this. Can you share how that's working at your institution with me? And it's a very open and collaborative group. And so we're able to do that. There's a lot of collegiality that goes on mm-hmm. and you know it's it's informed collegiality. You can actually trust the experience of someone who's gone there and they'll say, "Look, Vernon, go down this road or don't go down this road or Vernon, what are you doing?" And to the extent that we say, "Here's some lessons we've learned, here's some suggestions, here's some recommendations that you can follow as as you consider these things." We've been down that road. State authorization was one example of that. Understanding quality and what things we want to look at for quality. Uh, there's a number of things that community, and it really is a community, can have that conversation. And of course, we track each other. You know, <laughs> as folks move from one institution to the other, there's still a, a real impulse or. Uh, a benefit to staying in touch with WCET so that we see them and are able to be informed by their thought leaderships as well. Exactly. And they bring relevant topics forward, right? So recently you were moderator on a webcast yes. for WCET yes. about the cheating economy. Cheating economy and uh, absolutely and academic integrity that goes with that. There's actually cheating cartels that undercut the quality of what we're doing. When you can do it at scale and you can do it across state lines and across the internet, it facilitates that. So it's a very costly endeavor, but we want to assure that everything that we do in terms of our content, in terms of our assessments, 
have integrity to them and that students are showing their work and doing their own work. That was also identified in the coming year as an ongoing concern. And so as we work on policy as an organization and look at the implications, how that can make it better for other institutions, I think that's a, a great example of that. There's more application, more community building and understanding what's needed to go. What's needed to be, there's everything that goes after that, there's implementation and understanding what are the implications and what needs to be done about this as an organization, as an institution. So how can we serve each other as members in WCET, but also how we serve our individual institutions. It makes a difference when I can say at APUS, we stay and are a member of WCET because it provides these benefits to our staff, our faculty, especially to our students. So when I'm adding value Mm -hmm. to my students and their experience, that's very valuable to me as provost. It truly is. And understanding what's happening allows us to be proactive because that improves the educational experience of our students by creating, like you said, better assessments and things that induce academic integrity in our students rather than being just reactive to it. So absolutely, you know, and APUS, we have to be strategic about where we spend our time, effort, and energy. Mm-hmm. And not all areas or conferences or groups in this space have equal value and equal weight. We get a lot of benefit, in my mind, of not only helping provide thought leadership in this space, but also receiving benefit from those that do know what they're talking about <laughs> in this space. I feel like it's also a community where you get back what you put in. So if you're invested in the community, then you'll garner more out of the community. So I'm always encouraging our WCT membership includes all of our faculty and staff and our graduate students in especially those who are in education. I'm always encouraging them to take advantage of this one membership. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this was WCT's 30th annual meeting. So in thinking about you and I have both been involved in this organization for at least 10 years. Oh, probably yeah, longer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And really taking a look back now, what would be your biggest takeaway from not just the conference, but looking over your time in WCET? What's your biggest takeaway there? And what's your biggest hope for the future? You know, I remember one of the first things when I really got involved, I was a winner with my team of the WOW Award which is an award that WCET recognizes innovation in in higher ed. And that really got me interested in the organization. So they went out and recognized institutions. And there are several awards that are are available, but that was one that really reached out uh, for innovation. And that's where I got there. You know, I look over time. I think it's the thought leadership. I think it's the fact that I can call Russ Poulin. (laughs) You know, if I have a policy question, if I want to know what's going on on the Hill, I can have a quick question. I can go and read the blogs And I think it's probably currency that's probably the most value that I have. If I want to plug in and find out what the pulse is on higher education, especially involving technology Mm -hmm. and good practice for teaching and learning, I'm going to look here as as one of my primary sources first. And I think that's really valuable for, you know, as large an organization as we have, Mm -hmm. you know, very large organization, you know, serving thousands and thousands of students, primarily military adult professionals that are working, that becomes a a really critical aspect and resource for me. And I would add that it's the thought leadership and it's the relationships you build, right? Sure. So building those relationships, finding your tribe, whether that's within WCET or somewhere else, 
and the people that you can trust and bounce your ideas off of is, is really important to practice as a higher educator, but also getting a little bit outside of your comfort zone, right? When I first started attending WCET, I was doing a grant-funded project to improve biomedical education. And I found WCET and thought, hey, maybe I'll learn something about simulations Mm -hmm. and what we might be able to do to bring that into the classroom. So I was a little bit out of my comfort zone. But then I found so invigorating the ideas that were being shared and that they weren't just ideas, that all of these things that were being shared were actually in practice and were either successful or not, that people were sharing Mm -hmm. their failures as well. Which is extremely important. What have you learned, you know, just ask you a question, what have you learned as you look at badging and credentialing and micro-credentials, you know, along this in alternative learning, which you take care of for American Public University System? What are some of the things that you've gleaned from WCET and your work there that, that have been beneficial to you in that area? Really that it's still very much an emerging market, that employers are really starting to take notice of these sub-degree credentials, whether that's certificates, badges, micro-credentials, nano-degrees, all of the different names that they go by, that employers are actually gleaning on to that. And so we need to be cognizant in how we develop those so that they have the evidence of those knowledge, skills, and abilities contained within, in there. And really, if you want to roll it all the way back to 2012, Mm -hmm. that's when I got started working on badges and micro-credentials, building a game and badge program as a demonstration project for WCET, Mm -hmm. where we had our members play a game, they earned badges, and then... um, we had our WCET rock stars who won the game. Yes. <laughs> and we did, there are a lot of, you know, yeah. I just, something that occurred to me also, and that's why I've been very appreciative. We are part of the Higher Learning Commission. And I've always noticed that there's been good participation of our Higher Learning Commission fellows. And that's also a nice thing to know that you're, not only you're getting ideas and thoughts, but you also are working with thought leaders and your accreditor is at the table there having those same conversations. That's a real valuable thing. I think it's a great thing that we were able to have that access to those folks. Yeah, to those folks as well as to our vendor partners, right? Right. So everyone's at the table and WCT takes the stance and I think the membership takes the stance that they're not there to sell you something. They're there to talk to you about what they've built and how that can help your students. Not necessarily a hard sell, but here's what we're learning through what we're doing. It's a very different conversation. It's about, okay, what what do you do? What's your product? I always love to walk up to them and say, okay, give me the elevator speech. Yep. And they usually can and very (laughs) well, but that's actually a very different approach to those conversations. And I think it's actually benefits having those technology and other providers be part of the community as well. I, I highly agree with that. So any last thoughts before we close up today? I think WCET has a very bright future. It will deal in the near term. It's very good. It's also very intimate. Mm-hmm. The convenings are less than 400 individuals. And so it's going to be a challenge in the future to maintain the size of that community, but also provide those services. And so that's a, a very important aspect of this. It's a challenge, but I think it's the right thing to be thinking about. And 
others can benefit, but there's those that I want to make sure that in the future we hold on to that. And as far as American public university system goes, we're going to make sure that we take advantage of the expertise, the knowledge, and the forethought that goes on by being affiliated with them and contributing to the community as well. I agree. Well, thank you so much for taking time to chat about this with me today. Callie, it's been fun reminiscing and and looking at this and seeing the future of WCET and American Public University System. So thanks for letting me join you. Thank you, Vernon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. To learn more about APUS and our relationship with WCET, visit apus.edu slash WCET. For more information about our university, visit us at apus.edu. APUS, American Public University System.